Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations. It's the uh, it's the Clary podcast. I'm in a squeaky rocking chair. Listen to that. I don't know if I could sit in this rocking chair. Maybe if I sit perfectly still, I could do the podcast. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, the old captain, we are in Deadwood, South Dakota. I'm at the Franklin Hotel. I always wanted to stay here. Atham looked this up. And um, I, I had gotten a hell of a deal. A hell of a deal. I was expecting bed bugs and syphilis and AIDS to be in the bed. I was expecting bed bugs with syphilis and AIDS to be in the bed. And uh, that did not seem to be the case. One of the rare times in life. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise. They had horrible reviews uh, on the on the hotels.com or Yelp.com. I didn't care. I didn't care. And the reason I didn't care is because, one, I always want to stay in the Franklin. When you walk in, this is in Deadwood, South Dakota, and uh, they've kept some of their old buildings from the Wild Bill, Hickok, and Calamity Jane days. And this is one of them. And it's just beautiful, beautiful inside. You walk in. They have doormen. I know you guys all think flyover country is a bunch of hicks with no class, but they have more class than any of you schmucks on the coast. They have dormants. You walk in. There's a beautiful chandelier, nice car. This is like what Americans could achieve in the late 1800s, the early 1900s. And I was just kind of sitting there looking at the architecture like, yeah, this is with, without modern-day technology. We're talking technology that's uh, what, 150 years old and change? And they managed to make these beautiful buildings, these just beautiful, nice Western type of buildings made out of red sandstone and just beautiful. And then you compare it to with the modern day technology, we throw up the most minimalist pieces of garbage in downtown. Like, ah, look at the Freedom Center. I mean, there's a perfect example, the Freedom Center. Not to say that the Twin Towers were architectural masterpieces unto themselves. Of course, every architect major who, who, who by the way, you're all idiots – um, I, I found out what studying architecture is. That's that's a joke. Uh, it is not genius. Frank Lloyd Wright is not a genius. It was just squares and angles. That's all it was. And uh, I, I was thinking, like, man, with with technology, maybe one twentieth as powerful, they were able to make much more beautiful buildings, much more beautiful works of art uh, than what we do today. Oh yeah, they're taller. Oh, they're a lot taller. I'm sure they're lead efficient. I'm sure they're very environmentally clean and friendly. I'm sure they have the greatest composites in the world, but they still look like shit. Modern day architect still looks like shit. But so you, so there's the exterior of the Franklin, very pretty. Then you go into the interior and it's just like, wow, you know, there was civilization on the wild west frontier. There, there's this, there, the original fireplaces there. You got these columns. You got these nice carpet. Now, of course, electrical lighting may or may not have been around that at the beginning, but I'm sure they wired it for lights later on. Uh, but it's just a beautiful building. Just, just this gem in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota. 
And so uh, because it's in Deadwood, which is kind of the heart of the Black Hills, it's kind of center to everything. I've stayed predominantly, I stay in the South Black Hills. This time I was on the north side. And um, I, you could stay in Deadwood, but the issue is parking. But if there's enough stuff to do in Deadwood unto itself, Sturgis is only 10 miles away, Rapid City only 30. So it's very key. Very, and, and I was looking at hotel prices, usually 90, 80, 100. You go to Rapid City, it's even more. Heaven help you if you wait till the, uh, the rally or the kids are out of school. Well, I get this place for 39 bucks a night. I'm like, what? No way. I scooped that sucker right up. I got five days. I'm like, I better get it every day. 39 bucks. I'll, I'll stay there for a month. I'll stay there a month. So I got 39 bucks a night. And uh, I pull in, and it's exactly as I thought it would. Just nice beds. TV, haven't turned it on. No real reason to turn on the TV. No real reason whatsoever. Just have no reason. Although now I guess I will tonight because the internet is out. Storm went through, and the, the one drawback is we are in South Dakota where they're a little bit slow on technology. But that's okay. I went down to the cigar lounge in town, walking distance, used their internet, and smoked a cigar because I can. Um, what was there? Oh, but yeah, and I get the rooms fine, water's running, everything's great. No syphilis, AIDS infected bed bugs. As a matter of fact, no healthy bed bugs either. Just no bed bugs all around. And just and park right out front. Right out in front. Motorcycles get, get rock star parking just right out in front. You park it right there, sir, Mr. Clary, which they did not say, but let's just go with that because it makes a great story already better. I can see it. I can look across. There's my motorcycle. There it is. And so, yeah, we did, we did four days, no, five days, four nights. And did a bunch of awesome hiking. Did probably the second best hike in the Black Hills I've ever done. Dirty Harriet and Denver Ben came by. And then and, and let me tell you why. The, the real reason this is such a great, great uh, trip. Now, Dirty Harriet's always kicked my ass. You guys know Dirty Harriet. This is my hiking buddy out in Wyoming. The only friend I have, blah, 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 in Wyoming, in Wyoming. And she she took it charitably upon herself to, oh, we'll take the city slicker, and okay, I'll go hiking with them. And I'm thinking, ah, cute little girl, look at her. Ah, she doesn't know me. I'm Erin Cleary. I'm fucking awesome at everything. I'll go easy on on the hiking. And then, of course, turns out she is like an ultra-marathon runner freak of nature. She just run, She literally ran up the hill, mountain, the first time we went hiking. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, the old Claremeister knew this was coming up, and the old Claremeister put on a pretty good training regimen, and I, I can honestly say the old Claremeister beat the famous Dirty Harriet this, this one time. Now, she, I think she was, she was telling me there's so much snow in Wyoming still that the trails haven't opened up, so it was like the one time the talented Mr. Lee, I was able to keep up with him. wasn't able to beat him, but I was able to keep up with him. Because I think he had a test for his architecture license. He was busy working. He couldn't work out. So I, when, when they're weak and at their, at their worst, when they're down on the ground and I'm at my best, then I can beat them or keep up. And I'm sure by the end of the summer, the human gazelle that just bounces up the mountains will be able to kick my ass. But then Denver Ben came along, and he, he is this freak of nature. And we did... Uh, for those of you familiar, we did Harney's Peak, Cathedral Spires, and we went to Sylvan Lake. We did the Triangle, 
And then we went down and did the Sunday Gulch, which is like a 2.8-mile loop. And uh, we get to the bottom of the gulch, so we gotta we got to go back up about two miles because it's a one mile down, 1.8 up because it goes up a longer way. And he says, I'm going to run the remainder. You guys mind? It's like, nah, go ahead. And that asshole did. He ran all the way up. Uphill, ran almost two miles up after hiking seven or eight for Harney's Peak and the Cathedral Spires. If you guys want, look it up on the map. We did, we did a really good hike. And, uh, yeah, there's no way to keep up with him. So, But I did beat Dirty Harry, and that's all that really matters. And then what else? Went and, um, went and tried to find a, a ghost town, uh, an old, uh, old mining town that's been abandoned. Found out, did a little bit of sleuthing around. Talked to a local, born and raised in Deadwood, old grandpa type of guy. And uh, he was telling me about back in the day when him and his brothers were kids, they would go and they'd pan for gold. And you know, it's like it's like back in Michigan when you'd go and collect cans, and you take the you know you go dumpster diving and get cans. Of course, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Dumpster diving? You went in dumpsters? That's not clean. That's not safe. There could have been needles. There could have been tarantulas. There could have been crocodiles. You never know. A stranger might have taken you because you know Gen X, even though they played out in the street until night went away in the '80s, they're going to raise their kids uh, as if they're in North Korea. So, anyway, it's very similar to that where we bust our asses off. Collecting cans, you know, going through dumpsters and going through the municipal garbage cans, trying to find, you know, 10-cent cans. I was, what, eight? Eight or, yeah, certainly eight, probably up to ten. And then um, and then he was telling us about how him and his brothers would go uh, pan for gold in these streams, and they'd, they'd work an entire day and maybe get get an eighth of an ounce of gold, which is still impressive. That's still pretty cool, you know, but after you did all the math back then, it was maybe two bucks an hour adjusted for inflation. But the fact you could find gold, so I did a little bit of gold panning, and I didn't find anything, but this is why you got, see, this is why you got to talk to the old people. I learned this when I went out to Hot Springs, South Dakota, 2006, 2007. Hot Springs is probably the most remote town in the Black Hills. And going over about 10 or over 10 years ago, um, you got to understand that wireless, uh, not phone wires, was it? Towers, uh, uh, cell phone towers had not made it anywhere near, you know, they hadn't, it was just getting into South Dakota. They just discovered electricity 10 years ago. So, I mean, this is, South Dakota is rapidly advancing, trying to play catch up. But in this town of Hot Springs, there was certainly no cell phone reception. So you would have to drive out to the highway to make calls. I remember doing this, you know, check in with my parents or whoever. And uh, there was certainly no cell phone reception in Hot Springs. And you would have to go to the library to use the, the Internet uh, because that's how removed from the rest of the grid the town is. Uh, but slowly and surely, uh, cell phone technology came in. But 10 years ago, if you want to figure out what was going on, there was like no internet. You had to do it old school. And I found, I, and I found it not necessarily charming, but reminiscent, satisfying. There was more of a, a communal aspect. I found it much more rewarding where, okay, you want to know where you find out what's going on in town? You go down to the local VFW. You go down to the Elks Lodge. You go down to the local bar. You say, hey, what's going on? 
And just in that first summer I spent down there, I learned like, okay, poker games are, are in Pringle. Atham, look up on the maps again. The poker, poker game would rotate to each little different town. One day it would be in Edgemont, then it would be in Pringle, then it would be in Custer, and then it would be in Hot Springs. It would rotate. And you'd see the same old old-timers and ranchers and vets and all that, and they'd be playing poker. And, and, you know, they made it kind of convenient so the local guys in Edgemont didn't always have to drive up to Pringle and vice versa. Then you find out that the local barn dance was going on. And uh, they, they say, oh, yeah, anyone's invited. You go ahead. And then you go to Buffalo Gap and there'd be a barn dance. And, you, you, and it was like a real sense of community because these are not big towns. And you start running into the same old people. And you start knowing. And then you play poker. You, you pick on each other. And you get to know everybody's personality. And then soon you see each other in the grocery. And this is in the and this is in the matter of a month. You know, this isn't like three months. We came back next year and we we had a reassess. It was like within one month you kind of knew. Hey, there's Joe ah, and his crazy Indian brother Steve. Ah, there's there's and then there was Big Jerry, Little Jerry, um, you know, Commander Willie. I mean, it was it was just like it was like a comic book. Everyone was kind of like their own weird superhero. And so I kind of I kind of had to do that today. I couldn't look things up on the internet. There's no internet in town. So I talked to the old man, and the old man was telling me, okay, here, you, you can't just pan for gold. One, where you were panning, that's, that's refuse water from the hydro collider that they're building over in Leeds, South Dakota. It's very clean water, but there ain't no gold in that. And I'm like, oh, well, I thought it was coming out of the old gold mine, maybe, maybe an eight-pound nugget that somehow went missing. That It would just fall right into my gold pan right there. <laughs> and then I'd be, I'd be set. Just thunk like a bowling ball size of gold. Like, yep, there we go. Done with that. Now I'm glad we got that out of our system. So he says, okay, you gotta. It's it's not gonna. You're not gonna find it there. You're gonna find it here. Don't expect a lot. You're gonna need to dig way down. You know that little plastic shovel they gave you over at Cabela's is not gonna work. You gotta lift up boulders. You, and, and then after working very hard for maybe six hours and bending over and doing squats and shaking your gold pan, you might get, you might get an eighth of an ounce of gold. And I was thinking like, well, that would still be worth it. You know, just, I mean, how many of you people could say, yeah, you know what, I pan for gold in the Black Hills and, and I found some. How many of you can see it? It's, it has nothing to do, like, yeah, I am not going to be, I'll be making under minimum wage. Well, actually, I haven't made a wage at all panning for gold because I haven't found it. I found some iron. Some hermitite? Is that what they call it? I think it's kind of like a dark... They say you know your panning technique is good if you get iron filings down below and, and hermitite. So if it's all black, your your panning technique is good. Because what you have to do, you, you basically scoop up a bunch of stuff from the water. You put it in this filter. It filters out the larger pieces of rocks, just let the sediment and the sand go down. You kind of look to hope that maybe you found that, uh, you know a two-inch nugget of gold that just happened to be sitting there that no one else found. And then what you got to do is you got to shake it. You got to constantly disturb the sediment that you just put in there so the gold, because it's heavier, goes to the bottom. And then you use the water from the stream to kind of brush away the top part, and you shake again, get that gold down, and you use the water again to take off the thing. You shake it again, get the gold down. And then the heavier stuff moves down to the bottom. You know, no different than like oil, water, and I don't know what molten steel, I guess, would go down below all that. So the theory is that you get it all the way down, you keep taking off layers and layers of sediment off your your, your gold pan, and then in the end, you should have, ideally, a couple little 
tidbits or you know ideally nuggets that's not going to happen but but powder flour grains small little bits of gold and then you they even give you a little bit of a of a suction cup to suck it it's like a teardrop thing you're supposed to suck up the pieces of gold with the water still in it and uh and then you're then you make your two dollars and 43 cents the guy said I was doing it all wrong, which I appreciate. He's like, look, you got to go here. Here's a place you can go. You're not going to get rich. And you want to get it where there's a bend. You want to get where there's a bend or there's a crevasse where, like, water's flowing down quickly and you got to go underneath rocks. You got to think like the gold. Where would the gold go? It always wants to go down. It always wants to go down. And so, um, and he says, and, and I'd recommend you go up in this area, you know, make sure it's not pr- privately claimed. There's still some old timers who, who pan for gold and or actually mine. I drove past a couple mines actually today. So I went exploring in this area. I'm not going to say where. Not going to say where. I'm not telling you where I'm going to find my gold. I, I didn't I didn't get any gold yet. I, I know where it is. It's underneath the ground. I, I know where it. I don't have any proof, but I know it's there. And I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to go and pan for gold next. And I almost I almost found it like what if I did pan for the gold and I got the gold and I got rich? And then that would that would kind of like ruin me as a person. I'd be spoiled. The, the gold and the wealth would ruin me. And then I wouldn't become a nice person. I would, I'd get all, all up into myself and, oh, I have gold and you don't. And look at me with my millions of dollars worth of gold. And, I, and I've, I've decided it's probably best I just leave it in the ground for my own sake. I choose. I choose not to, to pan or hunt or drill for the gold. I st- no, I'm going to go out there because the truth is you can't carry a shovel very well on the back of a motorcycle. That's really what it boiled down to. I'm like, well, I got my plastic shovel that like, yeah, yeah, if, if you're lucky that nobody else's sluice or nobody else's mining operation upstream got stuff, you, you might have, you know, you'll find that one little tidbit. Or, or you could just basically, you got to dig three feet down. You're going to get wet, dirty, and crappy. And I was just like, yeah. So I just, I basically just drove around in this area to kind of get a feel for the land. Oh, it was a beautiful day. Just a beautiful day. Sunny, driving around. I uh, I did deadwood, spearfish, sturgis, and belfouche. And uh, that wasn't even hard right. It's just, just driving around. And God almighty, what a beautiful area. Just what a beautiful area. We need to go and buy a place. I'm going to buy land. I'm going to buy land. I'm going to start a distillery and a vineyard. Because it's elitist and not egalitarian. It's anti-egalitarian. I want to be elitist. I want to have my vineyards and my distillery. And then just drive the motorcycle all the way. Why the heck don't you people have motorcycles? I Let me forget people with motorcycles. Let's talk to the black gentleman here. I post a couple pictures up on the Facebook. And uh, despite me being an evil, racist, white person who, who kicks puppies and, and hates blacks... Uh, I for some reason I have a fair amount of black fans and followers and friends. And now these are you know these are friends of mine. These are people I've known on the internet for quite some time. Actually, some of them like gosh, I think I've known Ten Summit for like a decade now. I think so. And, and they they know it's no secret. I go out to South Dakota and the West, and I like the West. And I say, yeah, I'm going to go out to South Dakota. Now, I'm posting pictures, very pretty pictures of South Dakota, by the way. You know, they're picturesque. They're very nice. There's mountains and cliffs and rolling hills. And I say, why the hell aren't you people out here on your motorcycles? And it was nearly a universal 
what the hell is wrong with you, Clary, type of response I got, where they're just like, why would we go to South Dakota? It's cold there. It's this, And then all the black guys are like, there ain't no black people there. I don't want to get shot. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're gonna, you don't get shot where the white people are. You get shot where the black people are. Don't you know about Detroit and Chicago and Philly? <laughs> you're worried. You're worried about, about what? You're worried about Pierre, South Dakota? <laughs> But hey, Southside Chicago, that's all right. I don't want. Oh, I don't want to go where there's white people and like are black people. Like yes, there there was just a, a black guy today. I, I think just one. <laughs> it, 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 there was one. There was one. This trip we found. This trip we found one. There was one. We spotted one. But no, he was he was an older gentleman, Vietnam vet. Uh, he had his hat on, uh, kind of walking. He had gray hair. And he was just—he was just downtown Deadwood, you know. He's gambling. Nobody was harassing the guy. No one was pointing. Oh my gosh, there's a black man in South Dakota. You—you—you—if you are black and you like guns and you are not a leftist, you could come to South Dakota. If you uh, are liberal and you hate guns, you will get shot in South Dakota. And we like to think that that you would avoid that. Yeah, actually, I don't think liberals would like it here at all. It's really, yeah, they, they like their guns. They really like their guns, and there's a ton of cops, even too many cops for me. Like, you don't speed in the Black Hills. You just, there's like the sheriff, and then there's how many layers of government, how many layers of fuzz do they have out here? They got the park rangers, and you never know when, well, I do because I've driven all over the place, but you never know when you're on county road or national park or the they don't have signs clearly posted but you got your local fuzz you got the county sheriff you got the state patrol then you have national parks you got rangers but they're on national parks where what is the other one is it blm are those blm officers i don't know if blm has officers somebody would let me know i think blm does have officers i don't know why else they'd have cherries and squad cars I, there's just you don't you don't step out of line in South Dakota. It's not like Switzerland where you fear if you fart too loud they're gonna arrest you. It's not like that. Not like burn Switzerland where you walk in like you feel like you're a fungus growing on an otherwise healthy tree. Uh, it, it's uh, you know you can you can you can go shoot guns. You can have fun. You can drink. You can have all. But you don't speed. That's basically you don't speed and you don't drive drunk. And um, and yeah, you'll you'll be all right. Yeah. So, uh, black conservative libertarian, men, you you are allowed to attend. There was a black woman. I saw a black woman. Uh, she was in the hotel. She seemed to be having a good time and smiling. Nobody was harassing her. Uh, she was dating a white guy, and that's maybe why. That's maybe why people are like, oh, okay, it's all right. She's with one of us, and we huddled in our we huddled in our in our. Um, oppression meeting because you know that's what we always do we always we we are actively oppressing minorities at all times we say okay well she's with a white guy so that's acceptable no she she seemed fun she had a big smile on her face well okay everyone was drunk last night okay basically they're going up to the room to have sex i'm pretty sure that's what it was because they were all giggly and cute together uh but yeah so they're they're officially a spotting of two black people in south dakota Nobody was harassing him. You are safe to come here. I think you guys just, I think it's, you don't want to. 
I, th- I don't know what it. I just it's maybe like S- South Dakota is like swimming. Black people just don't want to come to South Dakota. I don't know. I don't, there's maybe no appeal. That could be it too. Like I had never had an appeal to go to any town in Phil or Pennsylvania, Philly or Pittsburgh. I had no to Baltimore. Just had no desire. Washington D.C. Oh, Aaron, you love Washington D.C. I just like no. You couldn't pay me enough. And I'm and I've never I've I've driven through it. I've never actually given it a chance. But I have no desire. None whatsoever. It's not that like I, I necessarily hate the town. I hate the liberals within it. It's nothing personal against the architecture or the city itself of Washington D.C. I just don't have any desire to see it. None. Maybe it's the same way, you know. Like, hey, come on to South Dakota. Oh no, I, you know, like why not? We're black. What, what does that have to do with anything? Maybe, they, maybe you guys just don't like it. I don't want to force you. I'm just saying you're welcome. And if you like motorcycles, guns, not a lot of girls out here, though. I'll tell you that. It's, it's a little bit like Wyoming. Not a lot of pretty ladies out here. You really come here for the cigars and the grilling and the shooting of the guns. and the, how, the heck, how the heck can't you like that? What, what, do you, what do you mean? What is not to like about this? Got to drag people kicking and screaming out to this place. They're like, oh, it's cold. Oh, it's windy. And there's mosquitoes. It's like... Are you talking Wyoming? Because that's not what we're talking about here in South Dakota. Anyway, so I was, I, I once again was by myself, except for one day, Dirty Harriet and Denver Ben came. None of my friends, of any race for that matter, I'm not letting, not letting Whitey or Hispanics or Atham off the hook, pretty much everybody of every race and gender, you know, knifed old poor Clary out here again by myself, exploring on my own. People coming up with excuses like, I don't have the budget for it. Money, like, who needs that? Or I gotta work. (laughs) These lame excuses people come up with. But otherwise, no, all joking aside, the very pleasant uh, thing. So, uh, but now, it's always logistics with the Clary podcast, isn't it? Always logistics. I gotta get home before the deer. And that's the problem. It's a nine-hour, nine-hour and change drive, depending on how much you gotta pee, and how much you gotta refuel. And my motorcycle needs to refuel a lot. The range is—it's not that far of a range. Small gas tank, and so it takes me a better part of ten hours to get back. And you don't want to be in Minnesota, rural Minnesota, um, six thirty to seven thirty. Well, you don't want to be at night either on a motorcycle because the deer come out. They come out at dusk. And so uh, I've already hit one deer on the way out to South Dakota. That was at pitch black at night. And I do not care to repeat that on a motorcycle. I do not want to hit a deer without a car. If I have the choice between hitting a deer with a car or a two-wheeled vehicle with a piece of plastic keeping wind off of my face, I would like to hit it with a car. So i got to wake up at about 5 a.m., Sunrise is at 5.43 a.m., and then I got a chumma-chumma across the fruited plain of South Dakota, which you are right there. I'll tell you that. You guys are right. Like, most of South Dakota sucks. Like, 95% of it sucks. It's the southwest corner that's really cool. Uh, But, yeah, the rest of it, once you get on the other side of Sturgis or Rapid City, it goes. It's like Nebraska. You guys are right in that regard. You are right. You are right. Uh, and then that's just where you point the, the bike and you go. 
I'm taking Highway 14 back. Atham, look this up again. I know this is very boring to you guys, but this is this is my podcast. Uh, it got so boring. Yet you look at it, you say, "Well, you take Highway 90." It's like, no, I've taken Highway 90 a million times. Well, what about Highway 212? You know, like, no, no, I, that that would, you know, I'm going to take Highway 14 this time and get back home. Um, the real issue is, do I want to shoot around north or do I want to go to like all the way to 35 and then cut up into the WBL? But I'll figure. Hey, regard. The point is, I have to wake up at five o'clock and barely be awake, which is probably just as dangerous as driving drunk. They said that one time, isn't it right? Like they say, most people when they commute in the morning, it's no different than driving drunk, <laughs> like in terms of functional functional ability and, and driving ability. Oh. But then I'll I'll finish the second part of the podcast there because I don't have internet access. I like to do the news in the second segment. And I just don't have, and there's a fair amount of news. There's the last man standing getting canceled. There's um, some stuff going on in China where they're making fun of white leftists and they have a derogatory term for it. I forgot what it was. That's why I have notes. That's why I have the internet. That's why I can't do it now. So I'll just do my standard rambling for 30 minutes here and then we'll get going. But uh, you know what? We will go ahead. Let's go ahead and do the sponsors. The Clary Podcast is brought to you by, hang on, let me pull up the sponsor list, Praxy. Go to Praxy.com on the internet to see what it's all about, but then download it on your phone, either through the Google phone store or the iPhone store, whatever. Uh, if you happen to be a specialist or an e-celebrity or something of some kind where people would have a reason to contact you, in my case it's asshole consulting, in your case it might be a mechanic who could troubleshoot problems from far, far away over your phone, and people pay you by the minute, or you pay by the minute, uh, for whatever specialty or specialist or e-celebrity you need to contact. You can download the Praxy app on your phone. Contact the captain if you have an emergency asshole consulting. I bill out at $2 a minute with a $25 minimum. Uh, just check it out. Either whether you're an entrepreneur or someone who might use that service, look up Praxy, P-R-A-X-E-Y. The Real Mark Baxter. Check out realmarkbaxter.com, his site, and his podcast if you're sick and tired of listening to the captain. And the same token, if you're sick and tired of listening to the captain, go to Entrepreneurs in Cars. You can find him on YouTube and get some Canuckian wisdom from a Canadian who drives very nice cars. Uh, have you bought your nose hairs trimmers yet? No. Have you bought yourself a hobby distillery? No. Have you bought anything on Amazon yet for the old captain? No. Well, get into the habit. Go through the Captain's Amazon affiliate program by going to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Look for the Amazon banner. Click on the Amazon banner. Then that takes it to Amazon. And uh, there's a little bit of code if you look at the URL. And that tells Amazon you came from the Captain's site. And I get a 6 to 7% uh, cut. I get a commission on anything you buy. So if you'd be kind enough to do all your online shopping, get into the habit of going to my site first, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, clicking on the Amazon banner. It's about the, <laughs> and now that Google wiped out all their uh, royalty payments, now this is about the only thing. Don't worry, Amazon will cut it <clears throat> Amazon will cut it away too. And then all the rookies and the noobs, all the entrepreneurs will be like, hey, it's not fair. <laughs> change or die, guys. It's adapt or change or die. One of the two. You can't just bitch and moan. That's what liberals do, and look at where it gets. I mean, seriously, you look where it gets them. It gets them nowhere. Uh, then we have my books: Reconnaissance Man, Black Man's Got a Poverty, Biotriplat Economics, Worthless, Enjoy the Decline, Curse of the High IQ. But the newest one, which is not really a book, it's an essay, is Poor Richard's Retirement. If you don't have enough money saved up for retirement, this book is for you. 
Okay? If you need a little kick in the ass to go and start saving up for retirement, this is for you. But it is also a very helpful book because uh, if you've looked at uh, retiring, if you run the numbers and you, you listen to what they tell you, you're probably freaking like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough money. I'll never be able to retire. That is not true. What you do is you need to get poor Richard's retirement. It is retirement for everyday Americans. Not rich Americans, not gamefully employed Americans, not people who, who have it, who can be good corporate men and women and always get the promotion. That's not for them. It's for us rejects, us normies. And by normies, I mean the really intelligent people who just cannot tolerate or buckle a 9-to-5 job. Get Poor Richard's Retirement. Short read, relatively cheap, available in paperback and Kindle. Will be available in uh, uh, audiobook as well. That'll be a couple weeks. I got I to gotta get that uploaded and ready to go before I take off for San Diego. This summer is not going to be the summer of running around. This is like the last trip I had. I did the Sturgis thing, and now i got to head off to San Diego. And that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm staying put for the summer. People can come visit me. Old Captain is all wiped out, especially after that ride back from Sturgis. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Poor Richard's Retirement, it really should be in the hands of everybody. Then we have other people's books, Frank Servey's Uncle Nick. And then it got to hang on. Let me grab it here. <clears throat> here we go. Here we go. He sent me two books in the mail. One I might actually read. Uh, the the Bro Next Door. It's got a great cover. Chad Swagger is your typical American male who enjoys wearing a polo shirt to the office even more than getting drunk on the weekends with the guys. In his high school yearbook, he stated his ambitions in life were to work for a large beer company and to become a skilled lover between the sheets. Half as charming as half as charming as he thinks he is, and twice as desperate. Chad's erotic sexual exploits tend to be awkward in the wake of his supreme thirst for love. Hey, guys, it's a, it's a book about Mer- uh, uh, MGTOWs. <laughs> um, do, 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 do. Darkly funny and utterly offensive, The Bro Next Door is a twisted character study that exposes a rare side of the characteristic American bro. This is good. This is good. And then the other one by Frank Servi, spelled C-E-R-V-I, if you're looking. Corporate Land. Surviving Cubicle Warfare. This looks really good. When did you write it, Frank? Well, this came out 2017. Jesus, you write more than I do. This came out in 2017. What do you do, bang out two, three books a year? That's a sizable one, too. Yeah, 235, 240. The font is uh, single space. I do 1.15 because it's easier on the eyes. Although this last essay I wrote... <clears throat> the uh, the font didn't warrant that, so it's a single space, even though it looks like 1.15 space. It's it's minor things like that. Anyway, so corporate land. Each year in America, new recruits enter sector 9 through 5, all with the same mission of defending their homes in the suburbs, credit rating, and lifestyle du jour. Since one needs help to keep his castle secure from being repossessed, you must first sign up for a soul-crushing tour of duty in cor- corporate America. Corporate Land is a training facility where you will learn the basics in how to survive the commuting road warriors, avoid office landmines, live the high life, rank up within your company, and ultimately plan for your eventual evac. Troy McAvoy, a retired big shot turned highly sought after consultant, will guide you through a series of protocols and training all the way from nailing that first important interview to hanging up your suit and tie for good. Every year there are many casualties in the war for the paycheck, and being a veteran is no immunity from the new and harsher workplace policies and regulations that are hiding in the concrete jungle, willing to strike you down without mercy. Your training awaits you. It's time to suit up. Welcome to corporate land. 
That looks good, too. And then Frank Sir, uh, not Frank Serby's, <clears throat> Ed Lattimore's book, Not Caring What Other People Think is a Superpower, Insights from a Heavyweight Boxer. Um, and once again, Ed is a superior person to you, me, and everybody else because you are not a physicist, officer in the military, heavyweight boxer who's 13-1, and one, are you? No, you're just kind of an average schmuck. <laughs> we go to edlattimore.com and check out what Ed, Ed writes. He's He is a... Uh, well, he's also also an author too, obviously, but um, he's definitely a role model for every young man out there to kind of fashion yourself. Not that you're going to, if you achieve even a third what Ed does, you're you're doing pretty good. Uh, what else? We got Montrose County. That's a, a who, not a who done it. It's a uh, Jason Bourne international thriller where there's a discovered assassination attempt on the president in Iraq, but the people who discover it. Have the radio destroyed? They got to battle their way back to command to radio the states. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, hit's going to take place in Montrose County, which is a rural county in Colorado, western county of Colorado. I've been there; it is rural. And the sheriff, an Iraqi vet herself, is just trying to escape and put the war behind her until the war's coming for her. But she doesn't know it yet because that's where the assassination attempt is going to take place on the president. And will she be able to stop it? That's Montrose County. You can find that on paperback and Kindle on Amazon.com. And then uh, Frank Servey's got his other books. I forgot I skipped over those. Burning the Midnight, Where Pretty Lies Perish, and Uncle Nick. Those are all Red Pill, Uncle Nick, the man you want to be, who tells it like it is at the Thanksgiving dinner table and upsets all the fragile feminists who were educated. He, he insults his sister who has much more education. She just knows so much better. And he just slaps it right back into place with a little bit of logic and reality. Steve's Jerky, you can find that by going to Facebook.com slash Steve's Kitchen. Not Steve's Jerky, Steve's Kitchen. And that's for those of you who like jerky. you got to like it a lot because um, he sells it for $150 a gallon. It's a lot of jerky. It's for you preppers out there. Jerky lasts a long time. Go to Facebook.com Steve's Kitchen to get Steve's Jerky. Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill. Two books. By our friend Adam Piggott down in Australia, although maybe not for much longer. Uh, you can visit his site, pushingrubberdownhill.com. Or you can read his his blog, buy his books, and then he also has a podcast. Uh, and he it, It's good. It actually is good. I, I tune into every episode. And um, it's kind of a the, the world through the eyes of a truly international traveler. Kind of like Ed Lattimore. He's done everything and you haven't, so have a cup of shut the fuck up and read his book. I'd recommend starting off with Pushing Rubber Downhill. All of them available in paperback and Kindle, but Pushing Rubber Downhill is also available in audiobook as well. Uh, Marty Andrade's Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse and his book on D.B. Cooper. Just look up Marty Andrade, A-N-D-R-A-D-E, and you can find that. Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse, that's hilarious. It's really good. I cannot recommend that book enough. And then The Glimmervale Chronicles by Michael Kingswood. Uh, it's just the first of a six-book series. One, two, three, four, five, five-book series. The Gr- uh, Glimmervale Chronicles. If you like uh, fantasy fiction with a little bit of uh, Western frontierism about it, go and get uh, The Glimmervale Chronicles. You can start by getting Glimmervale, the first one. And he sent, what's the second one? The last one he sent me. <clears throat> the Falconer's Stairs. Good Lord, Mike, what the hell? Almost 300 pages. I know I started to want to write these essays, and that's why the, I claim my last quote book is an essay, because not all books require 
book length material. And then all you guys come out with these 300 page books and I feel guilt and shame. Uh, but anyway, Glimmervale Chronicles by Michael Kingswood. Look it up if you happen to like fantasy fiction or you happen to be a young adult. You're looking for something to get your kids and maybe you get those books. The Catholic Economic Subsidiarity. Uh, that is <clears throat> the, uh, the book of how to fight leftism from infiltrating Catholicism but Christianity in general. Written by Dames DePresco. DePresco, sorry, DePresco. You can find that on Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle. But basically... If you don't like the fact that you guys got a communist pope, maybe get this book. If you're sick and tired of feminists kind of turning church all into like, how do we help the single mothers? We need. You're sick and tired of like Jesus being, you know, at the head of the household. Not that he should be. He should be ahead of the head of the household, but not the head of the household. Like you're the head of the household, guys. Oh no, you're not because you let feminists and women get in. Oh, it's all screwed up now. And now Jesus is nothing more than a masturbation material for most Christian women because they just want that as see they got the government check for the for the you know the Lord will provide well it's the taxpayers that are providing for these women but then they have the psychological husband through Jesus so they don't need you anymore ah that's all right keep voting in that communist pope and yes I know the pope is not voted in you could leave the church oh no you could stop donating oh no. That would mean you'd have balls in a spine. All right. Uh, so again, the Catholic Economic Subsidiarity, looking at the list. Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage by Alex Peck. Those for you married guys. And for those of you who would like to start podcasting, you get Carrie Lutz's Viral Podcasting. That's available on paperback and Kindle. And then uh, Rolo Tomasi's Tap Whiskey. You guys want to buy some whiskey? You like whiskey? You want to help out Rolo and you've already bought his books? Well, maybe go buy some of his whiskey. Tapwhiskey.com, spelled W-H-I-S-K-Y, no E, in the Tap Whiskey. And that is it for the first round of sponsors. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? It's uh, already famous enough news, uh, and I don't have to read any one of the many articles that have been written about Last Man Standing being canceled. And uh, I wouldn't say it's personal to me because I don't really vest in anything much personally anymore. Certainly TV shows. But I really, really did enjoy that show. I really did enjoy watching that show. Even got to the point I bought the DVDs. We canceled Netflix because they they decided, oh, it would be a great idea to show that dear white people. And and did you guys cancel your Netflix? No, of course you didn't. But I, I'd rather just buy the DVD and give Tim Allen and my act, uh, the actors and actresses my money <clears throat> than having some kind of intermediary. But ABC decided to cancel Last Man Standing, and then there's speculation, is it because Tim Allen has a conservative show, because Tim Allen isn't conservative, because the show espouses traditional family values? Uh, and I wouldn't put it past the higher-ups at ABC to put their politics ahead of profit. Uh, that's happened in Hollywood, all these movies that they're forcing down people's throats. Um, what was it? Ghostbusters, Feminist Ghostbusters, the upcoming Oceans 8 or whatever, where it's going to be Oceans 11, but guess what? Surprise! It's women! Oh my God! Who came up with that creative idea? So it's saying, you know, you see politics and emotions and feelings and, and ideology Trump reality and profit. So it, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, the larger point, though, this is a lesson we can all take from it. Tim Allen, well, how can I put it? 
Last Man Standing doesn't have to be canceled. And the reason why, well, there's many reasons why. Fox News, or Fox could pick it up. Some other network could pick it up if they want to. But the real audience is no longer network television. I haven't, I don't know who's watched ABC, NBC, I don't know anyone who watches that. I really don't. Certainly the younger people, certainly my friends, the more intelligent people, and certainly the loyal fans of uh, Last Man Standing. Most people are viewing it on the internet. That's how I watched it through Netflix. Then I went out and bought the DVD. And basically it means Tim Allen doesn't need ABC. He really doesn't. If he wanted to do, he could self-publish. He could do what I've done, what everybody else who's got a little bit of hustle and are sick and tired of asking for permission, he can just directly go to his audience and produce the thing on his own. He can. He, it takes some money to recreate the studio. It takes some money to recreate uh, the, you know, the, the warehouse, whatever he's got to do. But I am sure between a GoFundMe account and the, what, 8 million people that watch this show? 4 million? Even 4 million. Maybe throw in his own money there. They could just go ahead and recreate the whole thing, grab all. They already got the people in place. They already have the product. It's simply finding another location to film. And then you sell it directly to Netflix. And if not, you go directly to DVD or you just offer it up. Because this is one thing I've learned with you know my whole little exploration, unintentional as it may have been, into this world of online media. And that is you have loyal listeners and followers. The people who watch – look, do you think there's anyone else offering that funny of a show and, and, and that ripping upon that pro-America, that pro-freedom, that pro-capitalism, ripping upon that anti-leftist? Do you think there's anything else like that? It's a rarity. It's the only, it's the only show of its kind. You're damn right you're going to get a, ro- a loyal following. If you were to go ahead and say, look, we need a GoFundMe account. We need $20 million to raise the money to set up the studio. I, I you know, uh, It's – Eight million people. That's three dollars a person. He would he would get well over twenty million people to set up that studio. I don't know what a studio costs. I could be totally lowballing it. I can't imagine it costing more than twenty million dollars. I I alone personally would donate a hundred bucks because it's worth it to me. That's how much entertainment and value I got out of that show. And there's such a uh, a lack of media entertainment, such a lack of television entertainment out there. For people that have an IQ above six and are sick and tired of hearing how oh, it's evil white man and evil America and oh, we need socialism and uh, diversity. They're so sick of that crap that this was the only thing in town. He had a virtual, he still does have a virtual monopoly because he still has that loyal audience. And if, it, and if my experience is any indication what's going to happen, you're going to make way more money self-publishing, quote, I don't know, self-filming, self-producing without going through the networks and letting them have their cut, without having to run ads through YouTube, you just run ads on your YouTube channel of your own, and you'll make more money. I mean, I'd also speculate that Tim Allen is probably, you know, he's no young pup. Kind of like Trump, I guess he's like, well, I got nothing else to do, I'd, I'd like to run for office. You know, these guys, as you approach death, you're kind of like, well, what, what's this money really going to do me? Not to suggest that he would run it at a loss and use his own money to basically, what, just... Put on a play, which would be fine, which would be normal. I don't, I don't want Tim to sacrifice his wealth or, or not be rich, you know, just to pursue something that is not profitable. But I'll be damned if he couldn't put together a profitable show. 
I'll be damned. If they, and it's, it's, I know it's old guy, old person mentality thinking like, oh, we can't do oh, it's this newfangled internet thing. They, it's almost like it would be an opportunity to not only give the bird to old media and tell Disney to fuck off and die. Uh, but it would it, just be like, yeah, you're obsolete. We don't need you anymore. Matter of fact, it's more efficient, more profitable, and cheaper for my listening audience and more profitable for me and the actors and the actresses and the staff to do it on our own than go and get the get kissing the ring and getting the eternal blessing of Disney and ABC. I just wish that Tim Allen, I, I don't know if he's working on it or not. I, Lord knows he probably doesn't listen to the show. But if somebody has his ear, uh, somebody, you know, can say, hey, Tim, the technology exists now. You don't need airwaves. You really don't. You you need zeros and ones. You need the interwebs, and they got that. I mean, you see these, you know, movies made direct to DVD. How hard is it? How hard? Maybe there's copyright issues, like he can't use Last Man Standing, but I'd imagine he has, he has the rights to him, and if he does, what is stopping him? In other words, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's been canceled, and everyone's looking at lemons, and I'm I don't know, it's not even necessarily lemons, it's grapefruit. It's pretty good. There's an opportunity. I thought, I, when I could have keep my jobs in banking for the life of me, because they're all a bunch of corrupt crooks, and because I couldn't play the game, I thought, just like everybody else, I thought it was over. I'd have to work for security. I remember applying for a job for $12 an hour in Rapid City just so I could have a job, you know, just so I could have health insurance. And this writing of the book thing, you know, that was, eh, whatever. You know, like everything that I've been really successful at, it was kind of like, well, I might as well. You know, this ain't going to go anywhere. The things I thought would go somewhere went nowhere, and the things I didn't think would go anywhere ended up making me a lot of money. My dance classes, first, I told this story before, the first time I taught a dance class, I was making $350 an hour. Of course, that was freakishly rare. I'd make that much, but that's how many people signed up. And then you hit upside this head and say, hey, moron, you might want to put some resources into this. You know, asshole consulting. Thought it would be beer money, get people, you know, like, get them off my ass, and I'd have so many people asking me questions. All of a sudden, now it accounts for a quarter of my revenue. God, jeez, just banged out nine videos today. Those were all built up from when I was, you know, knocking about the Black Hills. And then the the, the right author, not in a million years, but you, if you went up to me when I was 23, 24, hey, Aaron, you're going to become an author. Why, yeah, get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to become an author. What are you, nuts? I'm an economist. I, I can't write. Teachers gave me F in English all the time. It's usually the sign you're going to be a great author. So if ABC cancels Last Man Standing, that usually means that they don't know shit. And this is a really good product that Tim Allen still has. It, they could have done him a favor saying, we don't want this anymore, which is saying, we don't want our cut of this highly profitable and highly sellable product you have. As a matter of fact, the network, the, the uh, uh, sales system by which we deliver to people uh, is so old and obsolete that you wouldn't want to advertise on it anyway. But ABC has its head so far up its ass, they think that they're the future. All Tim Allen has to do is go directly to the people via the internet. That's how I've made my money. That's how a lot of younger Gen Xers and millennials have made their money. They're not asking permission. And especially if you are an artist, has that has the internet not taught people and artists that one lesson? You don't need permission from the publishing houses. You don't need permission from the networks. 
You don't need permission from the record label. Are they even record labels anymore? Are there? I don't know. Does does Capitol Records still exist? Fuck them if they do. Same thing with Simon and Schuster. You think I've sent the? You think I sent a transcript to Simon and Schuster? You think I sent it to Penguin Publishing? Ooh, I get I get my I get my twelve percent sales on the book that I wrote, and that's that's good. Like usually you get eight and you get no upfront, and you got to sell a certain amount. And then it's like, oh, go fuck yourselves. The networks, Capitol Records, the record labels, and the publishing houses can all get in a line in front of one another with their back facing another guy, and they can all get a circle of fucking each other up their own asses. Because I really like that show. I really look forward to that show, man. That was some funny stuff. Again, some it was some schmaltzy stuff. The military thing, and I'm pro-military, but I will salute the flag, and I'm a 13-year-old girl. I could do without... And then the, um, the, the, the touchy-feely mom crap, not, not the, the single mom stuff, and I just want to love, and then the dating, the dating is a little small, but man, that's the only product of its kind that exists anymore. That's the only thing there, there's no more My Three Sons, Father Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver, Family Ties, there's none of that anymore. It's, it's all, it's just filth. It's just dumb film. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. We're the gay couple in the show. Oh, my goodness. And that is every show ever. And, and of course, I'm, I'm pro-gay marriage, but I don't need to see gays at a hundred times the rate they normally occur in the normal wild and environment. Oh, my goodness. I'm the crazy gay uncle. Hello. You know, it, uh, it was just such a good show. I think Tim Allen owes it to himself just to see if he couldn't just I mean come on think about that telling one of the one of the main arms of leftist communist socialist evil to fuck off and die and that you don't need them anymore and that they're obsolete and they're moot and outdated by taking your show and selling it directly on the internet I, and what's really sad a lot of those actors and actresses they're they're very good they're all very good and um, I'm wondering if they wouldn't be tainted. Of course, I guess you don't want to get, what is it, pigeonholed typecast. That's what it is, typecast. Um, but, man, they, they're really good actors. Really good actors. Well, plus, I wouldn't mind seeing Nancy Travis in lingerie again. The brief moment that we saw it. Anyway, it's... Matter of fact, this is all a lie. I don't really care about communism, socialism, or freedom, or, or, or the show. I just want to see Nancy Travis scantily clad. That's... <laughs> No, I would like to see both, preferably. <laughs> but it was a, I looked forward to it. It was funny. It made me smile. Not a lot does that anymore nowadays. It just, you know, like if anything, for crying out loud, how the guys ripped out, like just the, 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 not promotion, but just the acknowledgement of guy culture. That there's the there's the there's the outdoor man and we like fishing and guns and there's the old wise guy and he gives the young kid and they, they, they hit each other upside the head and nobody gives anyone a square inch and everyone's ripping on one another. Maybe if it's an emergency, yeah right, we help out, you know, Kyle. Alright, well, you know, if we really need it, we'll hit him upside the head and you know, make a course correction. But just just the the ripping on guys. Just the locker room, you know, camaraderie 
to show, yes, this is what it's like to be a guy. This is normal. Yes, father typically does know best. Of course, I have I have my reservations about the like. Oh my God, everything's wonderful. Mike Master makes like you know quarter million a year, and he can just here I'll buy a restaurant for my daughter, and okay, you can start your own clothing line. Oh my gosh, no one fails. It's amazing. Nobody fails. Oh wait, I take it back. The daughter didn't get in West Point. Okay, so there was that one. Uh, she didn't get in. There's an element of reality. Now, if you could switch the ratio of good shit that happens to bad shit that happens to where it's like 95% bad shit, then it would be actually more of a documentary. I know, I know. It's a minor criticism, minor criticism. And if you haven't watched the show, go watch it. It's a great show. If you're looking for something just to make you laugh and let you escape. Look, you you watch all this. You watch Heat Street. You listen to... to, um, the Blaze, you watch Fox, it's all bad news. It's all bad news. Left this craziness shit going on. Grain your brain a little bit of candy, okay? Give it a little bit of dopamine. Give it a fix of, of a high of happiness. Just go watch the show. And Tim Allen, if you're listening, or if somebody who knows Tim Allen is listening, if you could forward this argument to him, he probably knows better than I do. Like, yeah, we thought about it, but it can't be done. I don't know. I've just I've just made my living having supervisors and authorities saying it can't be done. I say, fuck you anyway, and I've made the money. Found a way to do it. Figure with his position, the system's already placed, product's already there. It's simply just finding another means of marketing and, and distribution channel. That's really all it is. I'm sure the actors and actresses would like to keep their jobs too. All right, what else we got for news? Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Here's some good news. University of Missouri enrollment to decline more than 7%, 400 jobs to be terminated. There's a picture of all the ugly... Oh, look at that. Look at a room that needs... Oh, I can't say that. Let's say if a plane were to crash into this room, nothing bad would happen. Just a bunch of the most corrupt, gray-haired baby boomer fucks that ever walked the planet. Every one of them worthless. None of them worked a real damn job in their life. Not one of them produced anything of value that people willingly paid for. Picture the little subline. University of Missouri Interim Chancellor Garnet Stokes addresses faculty, staff, and students Monday at Stotler Lounge and Memorial Union about budget cuts for the upcoming school year. MU is facing a crunch for lower state appropriations and enrollment. (laughs) Remember when you guys just bowed down to Black Lives Matter and, oh, you know, fuck white students and all that. Yeah. <clears throat> Turns out white people are kind of getting sick. I don't know if you know President Trump getting elected. White people are sick and tired of you blaming them for their problems. Especially when you're going to force them to take hate-yourself studies. Look at it, most of these people are white. Uh, enrollment at the University of Missouri's Columbia campus is expected to decline more than 7% in the fall, and budget cuts will require the elimination of up to 400 jobs. So, why were these 400 jobs even necessary in the first place? That's what I wonder. The enrollment decline estimate is the first provided by MU official for overall fall numbers. The university has already said it expects first-time freshman enrollment to decline by almost 18%. How'd that work out for you? Huh? How'd that work out? How'd that, how'd that let's just bow down to leftist pressure instead of holding and standing for principles? How did that work out? That is great First-time freshman enrollment down by 20%. Oh, is that wonderful? 
See what happens when you guys keep promoting diversity over production and function and accomplishment? You you keep going, leftist academia. You keep going because reality does not give a shit. It has zero fucks to give about your delusional little religious obsession with race and spewing hatred between different races and classes and, and types of people. Just Just keep on going, man. Just keep on going. For the school year that ended last week, enrollment at MU was down was 33,266, down 6.1% from previous year's records. If Stokes' projection of a 7.4% decline is accurate, enrollment in the fall will be around 30,800, the lowest in nine years. MU will cut jobs by eliminating vacant positions from the budget, which will be around half the total, Stokes said. The other half will be from retirements, not renewing annual contracts or formal layoffs. The total number of layoffs will be 100 or fewer. Overall, the university is planning to cut 12% from the academic and administrative operations budget, or about $55 million. About $24 million is to cover funding a funding shortfall because of lower tuition revenue and cuts in state support. Good! The Missouri taxpayers should not pay for an institution of racism. It's, it shouldn't. You, you certainly are not an education an institution of education. You're an institution of politics. There's no reason, no reason any of these universities should have any money. You're all obsessed jacking off in the mirror about, about diversity and sexism and misogyny instead of like, I don't know, teaching people how to be engineers and accountants instead of educating these kids, making them go into debt for your worthless freaking piece of shit degrees. But you get no money whatsoever. Of the remainder, $7.7 million is for promised spending increases, including money for graduate students and diversity programs. <laughs> Well, the remainder is to create a pool of money for program investments. While the directive of a 12% cut is to overall general revenue spending, leaders of individual schools and campus departments have discretion on how to apply it within their areas. Yeah, none of you guys are going to take pay cuts, I bet, huh? None of you are going to do that. You know, because the, the education for the students is number one, right? So you're all gonna you're all gonna go and give yourself pay cuts because you guys don't need six figures. Besides, that's help. That's what socialism is about, right? Spreading the wealth. I think I think the deans and vice deans and vice chancellors and assistant reserve deans and diversity deans and assistant vice reserve diversity directors. I think you guys could all take a little bit of cut. None of you need to make a hundred thousand or more. Maybe you guys can all get by about fifty thousand, right? You want everybody else to pay more in taxes? Why don't you help? Hey, you're investing in the future. This was our educated guess about where we needed to be to be able to try to prevent us from being in the same place again last year. Again, next year, she said. This institution has been in this place a lot. We have been making cuts year after year. It is time to do this differently. Why don't you just eliminate your liberal arts college? Why, you're not doing anybody no good. It's not, it's not helping anyone. You're harming people, lying to them, wasting four years of their lives, eight if they get a doctorate. Lord knows how much intuition, crippling them financially for worthless pieces of paper. If you really cared about it, you know, it's like it's like if I found out I had herpes, I would probably stop having sex with women. Because I actually care. It would it would be against my you know, I wouldn't have sex anymore, so that'd be a downside to me. But I would not want to spread herpes and give it to innocent women. You guys, you academians, you big education fuckers, you don't care how many lives you destroy. Because by gum, you need your little government check there, don't you? You need your career because without academia, without this education bubble, you fuckers would be unemployed. You guys would be with the bums in the streets over at the shelter where you belong. 
Man, it's been. It, this is the greatest scam. Even bigger, I'd say, than Social Security. This is the biggest scam I've ever seen. And it's not necessarily the numbers, but as much as the flagrant, blatant lies and your victims. You managed to get the young, innocent kids to actually believe you are in their best interest while you fuck them up the ass with a Sequoia Redwood dildo. I, it is amazing, and they believe. That, I guess, is what just makes my jaw drop like these kids actually believe it and you even masterfully get them to believe that you get them to believe that they're actually intelligent kids who are independent minded and could never have one put over them (laughs) oh no they're too smart because their communications professor said so the budget plan is due at the university of missouri system offices friday campus plans will not be made public because they are tentative Graduate students who couldn't find jobs elsewhere, that was editorial, were out in force with more than two dozen wearing red shirts to show their presence. They did not like the format, said Joe Moore, spokesman for the Coalition of Graduate Workers. Graduate assistants were happy to hear that MU will keep their promises to increase stipends and pay health insurance, but they worry that tuition waivers are part of their compensation package may be cut. Look, you guys, you graduate students are worthless. You guys, you're not just... This is the best thing to happen to you. You're getting screwed over. You you are part of their plan. You you are the pawn in their chess game. You're not that smart. Please please open your eyes. There wasn't an opportunity to solicit feedback, he said. It appears that the decisions have already been made. Yeah, the taxpayers kind of do pull the strings, don't they? Uh, and here, once again, instead of staff taking a cut, staff will increase tuition. An enrollment decline will cost MU about $16.6 million in tuition revenue. A proposed tuition increase of 2.1% will make up $7.3 million of that amount. The university is having difficulty with graduate and undergraduate enrollment. Applications for graduate school are down almost 11%, said Jenny Hart, assistant vice. What did I say? Assistant vice provost for doctoral and graduate studies. Get rid of her job. What the fuck is that? For undergraduate enrollment, the university in the past has tried to explain it as a combo. Oh, here's, here's the excuse. Here's the excuse. Has tried to explain it in as a combination of smaller high school graduating classes in Missouri, better recruitment by schools in other states, and the aftermath of the November 15th. Oh, okay, they admitted it. November 2015 demonstrations and resignations of President Tim Wolf and Columbia Campus Chancellor Bowen Lofton. Here's, there's a name. There, that guy got the crap kicked out of him in school. The university has studied the issue and now sees that it's almost all due to negative publicity since the demonstration since Palema Maurice, vice provost for enrollment. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yes, yeah, the evil Republicans. It's not Pelham of Maurice, vice provost for enrollment, or the fact you got a vice provost for enrollment. Wouldn't it be like director of enrollment and a couple people under him or her. It is clear from what we learned thus far that the vast majority of our undergraduate enrollment concerns are closely tied with our public perception issues throughout the state and throughout the country, he said. The room was packed with almost all th- all the 300 chairs filled and dozens lining the walls. Stokes did not take questions directly from anyone present. Instead, participants were asked to write down questions or submit them online. By doing so, Stokes avoided follow-up questions or heard no comments or any Proposals or facts being presented. Most of the budget. Booty, booty, boo. 
20 people in the operations division to incorporate the Truman School of Public Affairs into the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. Public Affairs. You got a school on public affairs. Oh, my God. Other ideas being considered include combining several departments into a school of visual arts. Just get rid of the humanities and liberal arts. Just admit, you know, you can keep fighting it. You could keep fighting it like Detroit kept fighting it, you know, keep jobs in in the Rust Belt, and then they went to Tennessee or Japan. You could keep fighting it. Uh, Cutting administrative pay is not on the table, she said. Of course not. No, No, you guys care too much about yourself. I mean, the children. There are leaders who would, in heartbeat, say, I will take a cut if it will save somebody's job, Stokes said. But I will tell you, as a strategy in the long run, it has not been found to be the most effective strategy when you are thinking about the institution's future. University operations are not funded from tuition or state tax funds, such as intercollegiate athletics and MU healthcare are not subject to the cut. Asked if those operations should contribute a portion of surpluses to the academic side, Stokes said that is under review. Because, you know, having hospitals and sports, that really is the job of universities. It this is good news. Isn't that nice? Rarely do public sector academians or nonprofits face the reality of the world. R- rarely do they face a backlash. But that, oh, that is great news. That is just wonderful. All right. Let's get a couple more sponsors in. Asshole Consulting. Hey, if uh, you need my advice, go to Asshole Consulting. You guys know the racket. I'm the older brother America never had. Because your older brother was brought up by a single mother who was a pussy. Not the mother, your older brother. And then there was no fatherly influence at all. So contact me. Give me your money. I'll kick your ass. You say, oh, it's great having an older brother around. I'll give you a noogie. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you can. It's $100 a month, blah, blah, blah. Elkins, elkinscpa.com. If you need an accountant, go contact our resident accountant, Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com, www.elkinscpa.com. I don't know. I think he's busy with busy season still. <laughs> We've been, you know, all these parties were going on. It was the girlfriend's 40th birthday. We're doing this. We're going around here. We're going to the zoo. We're going to Vegas. We're going to Japan. We're driving in the F1 Formula A. Hey, Chad, you want to go? Oh, I can't. It's busy season. Boy doesn't know how to do self-employment. He still has a busy season. Can you imagine that? Anyway, it shows you how hardworking he is. Go to elkincpa.com. If you have need for an accountant, whether it's for taxes, or whether you need like a business accountant, you need some kind of financial accountant, uh, you know, he, he can do it all. He is Chad Elkins. Chad, it's always busy season Elkins. Uh, then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. Obsidian Radio on YouTube. Financial Survival Network, our good friend Carrie Lutz. Starting to get a little humid down there in Florida, I'd imagine. Conto Talk with our good uh, uh, Texan buddy, Silvio Conto. You can tune in to him on Blog Talk Radio. Tom Likas at BlowMeUpTom.com. You got our buddy St. Likas. The father who art in Los Angeles. Hallowed be thy name. The Cynical Libertarian Society, if you want extreme right-wing politics and pure rage, if you think I'm an angry person, you should listen to the Cynical Libertarian. You can go SinLibSoch, the abbreviation for Cynical Libertarian Society, SinLibSoch.com. We got Mitch Berg on 1280 AM, The Patriot. Uncle, say hi to Uncle Mitch, the one that didn't commit suicide. I know! Oh, that was just, I'm not for suicide. That's the, that's the cheap man's way out. 
And then academiccomposition.com, if you're looking for someone to do your resume, he does resumes for $100. He will also do your homework. That's why it's called Academic Composition. So go to academiccomposition.com. Final season is coming up here, guys. Um, you're going to have your finals papers. And then I just did a study, study, post, did some research, on the Haas School of Business at the University of California, Berkeley. Berkeley actually has a business school. It's called the Haas School of Business. It's a highly ranked, I still call it a joke, because when I crunched their, I looked at their graduating requirements and I looked and only 32% of the classes you need to take have anything to do with your degree. <laughs> 68% are all this bullshit, non, non-related to business uh, prereqs. And then what was it? Another 18% were business, but it wasn't in your field of study. Like if you're a marketing major, they make you take all this other crap that has nothing to do with, with, your, with marketing. So only a third of the classes you actually take at the University of Berkeley or wherever, the, the only a third of it has to do with your major. Oh, but you kids are real smart. You're independent-minded. You're all critical thinkers. You're not getting hoodwinked by these fucking scum. Um, anyway, so, uh, look, two-thirds of your, if two-thirds of your classes are not going to have anything to do with your major, why don't you fuck these people back by fucking them over? Have someone else write your papers, all right? Go to academiccomposition.com. Have Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff do your worthless liberal arts, I hate white male cisgender Christian studies class. Have them write the paper, uh, for you. Uh, hey, you guys over at Mizzou need to, yeah, yeah, no? So uh, contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. Alex is also hiring. He's hiring people to write. You know, busy season's coming up, so he's looking to hire writers. So if you can write leftist bullshit and spew crap, uh, that's good. Uh, and then um, he also is hiring marketers. All right, so you post ads on Craigslist. None of this is exciting or rewarding work. It can be done from home, but none of it is it's very boring, painful work. So don't expect excitement. Don't expect $50 an hour. You are paid per page, so if you can write good and quickly, you can actually make some pretty good money. So uh, contact Alex. Let him know that the captain sent you. That's academiccomposition.com. Jimfear138.blogspot.com. Jimfear138.blogspot.com. He is the in-house recording specialist. He just recorded um, Poor Richard's Retirement. Uh, so that's in editing now. i got to go through the files and the audio files and probably upload that tomorrow. God damn, if it isn't something always... And then, like, you ever pay your bills? And you're like, ah, oh, good, I paid my bills. And you, you, you literally... This is why I, I went to the post office, put my bills in the mail, walk back, open up the mail, more bills. Like, fuck! So, uh, I don't know, I forgot where that went. Where was I going with that? Oh, that's, that's the other... That's what I have to do tomorrow. That's on the to-do list. There's always something. Always something. Anyway, so the Poor Richard's Retirement, that essay will be available in audiobook here relatively soon. Because Jim Fear, I think he did it. He recorded. Now, this is only like 130 pages, you know, a small book size. It, it wasn't a big book, but he did it in three days. And I've listened through all of it, and there was like no mistakes. This guy is a natural. So if you are an author and you are looking to get self-published, and I know many of you are... God Almighty! Everyone I listed on the on the on the book advertisers, all you authors, please go to jimfear138.blogspot.com. Please, okay? It's worth the it's worth the thousand bucks you're gonna have to pay him. It's cheap. 
he quotes based off of number counts. So, you know, count how many numbers you have, and he'll he'll hand. And he takes care of it. Takes care of everything. Jim Fear one thirty eight blogspot dot com, Instagram dot com slash ultimate reading list. Go there if you are interested in um, getting a book to read, or you have a book that you'd like to advertise. You can email Max at max at wooter w o o t e r dot co not dot com dot co. I got to do that. Hang on, we gotta. You know what? I'm gonna grab this piece of paper. Where'd it go? Hang on. There it is. Here's a pen. Okay. Ultimate reading list. Audiobook. Plumbing. Gotta do all those three things. All the piddly shit that adds up. <clears throat> Alright, so you can um, go to uh, uh, Instagram.com slash ultimate reading list. Take a look there. Run ads. It's it's worth $100 a month that he charges, at least for the first two months, uh, to advertise your book. Then there's gab.aiminds.com. You can follow me there on my alternative social media. You can subscribe, like me or follow me or whatever it is on Twitter. I'm almost at 5,000 followers. Get the big 50,000 followers there on Twitter. I don't know what that will trigger in terms of algorithms, but it can only help. And if you want to help out with the old captain of the, the burgeoning online media empire, you just have to spread the good word. Uh, if you like a video you see on my YouTube channel, you can forward it to friends, Facebook, Twitter, like, subscribe, comment, whatever. You know the racket. If you really want to be kind and charitable, uh, go to I, iTunes and rate and write a review of the podcast. That would really go a long way. If you buy any of my books, write a review. That would help out as well. So it's I know it's it's if you don't want to donate money you don't want to do your online shopping through Amazon through my Amazon affiliate program, those things actually really do help. Spreading the word is like free marketing, free advertising for me. So it doesn't cost you anything, and uh, it only helps me. So if you want to help out the old captain, spread the good word. Uh, we have my Betterment affiliate marketing program. If you are looking to invest in a four hundred one k, not four hundred one k, an IRA, like you actually have the money, you've paid off your debts. Like God, there's nothing left to do but invest in an IRA and get my tax deduction. Please go to my site, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Betterment banner, and just like Amazon, they'll know that you came from me. If you sign up with them, I get a commission. That's how it works. I do endorse Betterment. I will use it once I pay off my house um, because that is the cheapest way to invest in an IRA. And that's it. That's all we got. Guys, go ahead. Get your nuts checked for testicular cancer. It's not that hard to fidget with your nuts, and if your girlfriend's not going to do it, you're going to have to do it. look for hard lumps non-ballsy-like feeling. I don't know. You fidget with your nuts enough. You know what they feel like normally. If they don't feel like that, go at, go get your ass into a penis doctor. I don't know. Ball doctor, whatever they call it. Proctologist? No. Urologist. Urologist. That's who you got to go see. <laughs> there's, a, there's a site. Balldoctor.com <laughs> Lord knows it would like that guy could whoever gets the URL balldoctor.com is going to make millions because he could do everything associated with men's uh, sexual health, testosterone, vasectomies, reproductive stuff, testicular, he could do it all. The ball doctor. Come on, who's out there, huh? You guys could do it. And then ladies go and get your your boobies checked uh, unlike wearing pink with professional sports. All I'm saying, ladies, go get your mammogram, okay? Get that shit checked out. Because even though, of course, we're misogynist and we hate women, blah, 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 uh, we actually don't. 
And unlike telling you, see, if I told you to do something that feels good, I would tell you to have chocolates, bonbons, and a drink, and don't worry about the mammogram because the mammogram hurts. We're not like that. We are your older brother. We want you to be around and alive and do well. So go get your tits smushed in the glass pane and make sure you ain't got no t- uh, breast cancer. There, that's your older brother telling you nice things. All right, that's it for the Clary Podcast. We'll see you kids later. Toodles.